Attention, duelists! It's 2022! We're back with more Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm Nora. I'm joined by Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. Yeah, uh, I got a new job, um, and then it was like the holidays. Yeah. Um, and then it was a global pandemic, like again, mm-hmm. for like the fourth time. Yeah. So. And then we watched um... Yu-Gi-Oh! And then we watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Did you watch the OP in its entirety this time around for your last time? I did for the first episode only, <laughs> and then I didn't. <laughs> I did for the third episode only. I was Because I was actually coming in under the wire here. We had, like, I just got off work, and we are recording. Uh, you know, so. it's a it's a high uh, it's a high paced environment. These card games, you gotta you gotta be ready. You gotta it's your turn. You gotta go. It's your move, as they say. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited for fucking Duel Monsters. It's t- two episodes. It's almost here, and then after it's almost here. after we watch the movie, we have to figure out how many episodes we're watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be a thing where we're going to, like, you know, time permitting, we're going to try to go for, like, one story arc an episode, you know? Yeah, but that doesn't mean, like, we're going to watch Duelist Kingdom. <laughs> no. But it, it we're probably going to watch, like, the first episode, and then we're going to probably watch, like, Pegasus, like, the duel with Pegasus to everybody going to Duelist Kingdom, and then, like, who do they fight first in Duelist Kingdom? Mako? Is it Weevil? No, it's not Mako. They have to fight Weevil first. Yeah. And Rex, because Joey's got to get the Red Eyes Black Dragon. And then I think it's Mako. Eventually we'll get to the Paradox Brothers, and then all bets are off. (sighs) Yay, yay. Okay. Have you... Alright, but let's... We can't talk too much about the series that we're not watching. (laughs) Do we do anything at the start of this? Any like we just talk about Yu-Gi-Oh, right? We're not like, oh, did it's you play t- any card games? <laughs> uh, we were doing a check-in, um, because I was watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh Vrains, but I'm not doing that anymore. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <sighs> well, just like wasn't holding my attention in a way that like you can only double up for so many podcasts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm already trying to double up kind of for Novel Not New, where I'll play multiple VNs or, like, narrative games in yeah. one month. And so yeah. it's like, do I want to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains? <laughs> Why Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains would have to be really good, you know? Why watch and Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains when you can play Caligula Effect 2? Oh god, I played so much Caligula Effect 2. <laughs> um, let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! The final arc. We already had the showdown with Kaiba, and now there's another guy. Do you want to tell me about the other guy that they have to fight? Yeah. Uh, his name is Bakura. No, it isn't. This is a plot point. It's Yami Bakura. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read you straight from Wikipedia. All right, hit me, hit me. I'm giving you all three at once because... Eh, you know, they just flow into one another. Yeah. This is the peak of the show, I think, in terms of storytelling, pacing, fun. This is just the best we've had. Yugi and his friends meet Ryo Bakura, a gentle new student with an interest in role-playing games. They've already met him. This doesn't mention that. <laughs> They've had a couple of adventures with him, actually. <laughs> like, he's a character. Little do they know, okay. he also has an alter ego, one that seems to take, one that seeks to take Yugi's Millennium Puzzle for himself. He also has a history of playing shadow games with people, though people are unaware that it was Bakura's alter ego, Yami Bakura. One day, mm-hmm. Yugi and his friends meet, visit Bakura's house to ask if they can play a game of Monster World. They end up playing, but with a twist. Anyone Yami Bakura defeats will have their souls trapped inside their respective figurines. It's like D&D, but also Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. It's D&D by now- way of Dragon Quest. Now look, not to cinema sense it, but if I went to my friend's house and he was like, let's play Monster World, pick a figurine, and there were figurines that looked exactly like all of us, I would start getting some red flags. <laughs> I would it's just, it's just, he just has a Yugi figure, figurine, mm-hmm. like, that's suspicious. <laughs> 
Wait, no. Uh, it's not actually Yugi, though. It's, uh... I have a picture of it. It has... They all have names. They do? Yeah. Uh... They, they... Okay, Yugi is Yugi. But yeah, Janochi I, I think... is Joe. Uh, Honda is Hiroto. Hmm. And Anzu is Anzu. <laughs> okay, so this is huge. This is huge, like first time D and D party vibes. Honestly, <laughs> Honda's the only one who came up with a a new name. Yeah, he's a arcane gunslinger. Mm. Uh, That's so true. He he looks like he's wearing a really shitty bodysuit. Jonochi, of course, is the flame warrior or just warrior here. He looks straight out of Final Fantasy One. <laughs> Anzu is an elf sorcerer, mm-hmm. and Yugi is a magician. But later they call him a beast tamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Miho is also here, and she's a merchant. I think <laughs> she's a fairy merchant. Right. This will become important, but not clear why. Yami Yugi aids his other self and his friends who have their souls trapped inside figurines against Yami Bakura and his RPG's boss character, Dark Master Zork. Or Zuku. Uh, excuse you, I think you mean Dark Master Zuku? <laughs> Zuku, in my uh, uh, in the subs that we had, uh, spelled just like Count Dooku, but Zuku. Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay. It's not that I don't have sympathy for fan subbers who, like, just have to look at a bunch of katakana and make something out of it. But I wouldn't have gone with Zuku. I would have gone maybe, like, Zok or something like that. Yeah. They don't say, they don't say Zuku. The, like, the, the, the pronunciation that they use in the actual dub is kind of like Zoku. So I would have gone with, like, Zok. You know? Yeah. Or, it like... Seems- I feel like you're not translating Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 0 with zero knowledge of further, of, like, later Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. Because why else would you be translating this weird show? And mm-hmm. those names were professionally translated already, like, through official channels. And Zork mm-hmm. is, like, a word, is a name from the next show. This yeah. is, like, a thing with the Del Toro Quest anime, which is an anime based on a series of English, like, this children's... This talking about the Del Toro Quest anime. <laughs> Listen, it's a children's fantasy book I'm just series. saying it's the most Nora thing digression you could possibly have. <laughs> it... Let me tell you about the fucking Del Toro Quest anime. Hear me you. out. <laughs> <laughs> I it's... love you, but I will give you shit for it. <laughs> it's an English series of children's fantasy books. Very small, short books. It was turned into an anime, and then all of the subtitles were, like, translating from the anime uh, mm-hmm. instead of taking the English names from the source material that the anime yeah. was adapting in the first place. Which was it led to some really weird, like, I don't know, it was just weird to see the, the things get changed like that. Anyway. Yeah, like, uh, let me go on a digression now. So yeah, in sure. Fate Stay Night. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. Do you know who Saber is in Fate Stay Night? Yeah. Do you know, like, who she is? Historical King Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Um, The, like, the official translation for her name uh, is Atria Pendragon. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, this is kind of the opposite, actually, where the official translation was Atria um, but because Type Moon stuff so rarely gets translated in the West, for a long time, everyone was like, oh, this katakana has to mean Arthoria. Because, you know, King Arthur, girl, Arthoria. Um, sure, makes sense. And it just sounds better. But <laughs> fucking, but like one day Type Moon was just like, no, it's Atria, actually. And everyone was like, why? And Type Moon was like, fuck you. And so they went back, they like, to the point where they went back to like old media and were like, no, we are changing the spelling of her name. She appears as Arthoria in this one like random side media thing. No, we're changing it to Atria now. It's, it's incredible. We need this character to have a name that evokes a foyer. <laughs> Katakana is just fucking nuts. Like, it's nuts. Anyway, Dark Master Zork. 
Dark Master Zark, who's wearing jeans. He's gonna kick you with jeans. Don't worry about that. I was just bummed that we didn't see his dragon penis. <laughs> that, that would be a uh, Duel Monsters adaptation. Yeah. Both Yugi's see each other for the first time, and although Yugi's friends are surprised to see this, they do not mind. They continue the game and eventually challenge Zork. Even when seemingly defeated, Dark Master Zork rises again and threatens to overwhelm the gang. It is up to Bikora to defeat his evil counterpart with help from Yami Yugi. Eventually, Bikora is able to destroy Yami Bikora's possessed dice, with Yugi and his friends saving him from death, allowing the game to w- the gang to win the game. Afterwards, their souls are freed from the Monster World figurines. Mm-hmm. And Bakura makes a cute little diorama of all the figures, and everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, and I guess all those people who had been trapped in figurines before are also free? Yeah, yeah, because the gym teacher that yeah. uh, Yami Bakura turns into a figurine is back. Um... This was really fun. I had a great time with this, and not just because I'm an RPG person. <laughs> I thought it was mid, but I will defer to you. I just think that if you're going to make your anime all about different kinds of games, and then you make up a bunch of bullshit games, then when you yeah. do one that's based on a real game that's like really popular and established, it's going to hit better. <laughs> yeah, no, I see this. I just think the whole anime is kind of mid. So The whole anime is kind of mid, um... And this is full, still full of weird bullshit rules that don't make any sense that come out of nowhere. Just the same as um, the other games. but Super critical. Super critical. How did you feel about Yami's professional die rolling technique? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, there's a point in this game where Bukur... Okay, so like... The resolution mechanic for this is, like, they're little miniatures, and they're going around on a board, and they're fighting monsters. Uh, Bakura and Yami Yugi, like, up on the playing field, are rolling dice to decide, like, the outcome of actions. So they're rolling a tens dice and a ones dice. Um, And the objective is to get as low a number as possible. If you get double zero, you get a super critical and anything under 10 is a regular critical. But if you roll a 99, you have fumbled. And originally, the way that Bakura traps everybody's uh, souls in their figurines is like the first time that each of them fumbles, they get trapped. Um, which is a 1% chance, Bakura. <laughs> I feel like it, the, the chances are actually pretty good that somebody would like beat beat your game without rolling a fumble. But he doesn't need to worry about that because he can roll double zeros anytime he wants using the double oh, shot technique. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so there's a point where Bakura rolls several super criticals in a row and they're like, how is he doing that? And then Yami Yugi's like, oh, I know. It's a sick dice roll technique called the double hit where you like throw dice onto the board with a lighter die with a lighter die having more of a spin so that you can bump the table and the lighter die will spin into the heavier die and change its number position if you don't like how the heavier die falls down. This is complete bullshit and I loved it. And then they're like, okay, fine. We'll both agree not to roll dice this way anymore. We'll just drop the dice. (laughs) We'll just drop the dice. Leading to some very great frames of a nervous looking Yugi just like dropping. It looks like he's dropping the dice on himself. (laughs) I'm like, oh, dice roll. Um, Let me send it to you. I don't know if you like recognize what I'm talking about when this happens. They're cute little guys. They get turned into little miniatures. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fumble. <laughs> oh, dice roll. This is um, how I play D&D. <laughs> oh, dice roll. Yeah. So, um, yeah. They fight, you know. Um, they're fighting Zork, who is super powerful. Um, and Bakura's like, haha, now you're all fucked, idiots. I have these dice that I've put the souls of people that I've defeated at this game in, and they'll win whatever I want. Um, you know, they'll roll a super critical for me. That's his second technique. And then, you know, real Bakura defeats it by taking over Bakura's left hand and hiding <laughs> the, the mind die. 
<laughs> which is so funny. Because in the game, they damage Zork's left arm. So then in the real mm-hmm. life, Ryo Bakura can take over that arm because he's, you know, double soul, just like Yuki. Yeah, yeah Liquid Snake style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and he just hides the dice, and then Yami Bukura rolls the normal dice and doesn't get a super critical, and he's like, fuck! Wait, God the dice go? And then the next round, he goes to, dr- and then his left hand just tosses the, the god <laughs> dice, the mind dice, they're called. Uh, I, like, I think it's, I love, they don't really emphasize this enough, but I love all of the scenes where Bukura, Shadow Bukura is having a fucking freak out on the other end of the table, and Yami Bukura's, (laughs) Yami Yugi just sitting there, no idea what the fuck is going on, watching (laughs) Bukura, like, stab his own hand and start cackling. (laughs) Just, like, like, imagine, like, imagine from Yami Yugi's perspective, Bakura going to roll dice and then his left hand just tossing out sudden dice and being like, oh, fuck, is this some kind of technique? <laughs> the fake out die roll? <sighs> yeah. And then later they use magic to, like, extract a little figurine of Bakura from Zork and, you know, he's the white mage in their party. Yeah. Um, this he is kind all... of seems OP, honestly. <laughs> he, he's incredibly strong. Zork gets a super critical and he blocks it. Once. Once. That's still pretty strong. Uh, this will be resonant later because in Duel Monsters, Bakura's like, this is my card. This is the card that I identify with. It's the change of heart that lets you take an enemy monster and make it yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, red flags. Um, then Zork transforms into the summon skull from the next show (laughs) there's so much just like um, there's this is one of the episodes that I think feels the most maybe the first Kaiba episode this one is also just like yeah this is just the first draft of Duel Monsters in a lot of ways that I was expecting I was not expecting just fucking summon skull to show up as the (laughs) final boss and then, like, like, wait, that's just a normal fucking monster, but I guess they love that design. It's not even that good. It's not even that good. It's kind of crap. And then Yugi's whole thing is that he's capturing monsters and turning them into cute monsters that fight for them. And mm-hmm. one of them sacrifices itself to trying to hold open the, the chest sphincter that uh, guards Zork's weak point, which is an eye. And it looks like the eye on... Um, What's the, uh... What's it, the... It's like... It's incredibly, like, Zelda weak point, you know? There's a specific card from Duel Monsters I'm thinking of that has... Oh, Relinquished. Like relinquished. relinquished. Yeah. Yeah, Relinquished is here too, huh? Wow. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, it even has, like, the teeth... The teeth mouth thing that Relinquished has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Um... And then, I love the part where the monster sacrifices itself, and then you just get a solid like minute and a half of all of the characters who have not addressed this monster even once. Going <laughs> like, no, Pokey, don't sacrifice don't yourself. Do a pokey. And then, no, Pokey. Yugi casts Bigby's like, hand me, to man. send a hand that punches straight through Zork, but then it opens up to reveal that it actually grabbed Pokey on its way through. Okay, all right. You punch, you punch Pokey in the face with a giant hand. <laughs> you can't both punch and grab something at the same time. No, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Uh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, and then uh, Jonochi does like his warrior super slash and cuts Zork in half, but Zork is still gonna uh, shoot him. And Bakura's like, haha, we will do a final dice roll to see who goes first. And if I win, I will have Zork blow himself up and kill all of you. Um, and then Bakura has one last secret trick. He's going to put his soul uh, into the mind, not the mind dice, the normal dice, actually. And then use that to get a super critical. Um, but it turns out that it's not actually his soul. It's Bakura's soul. And Bakura's like, I'll blow myself up, bitch, and blows up the dice. And then, because the rules, I guess, mean that 
that counts as rolling badly if your dice blow up. <laughs> I mean, I've played <laughs> RPGs with exploding dice before, but this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's pe- I mean, look, the game is a metaphor. B- Bakura was already defeated on, in the metaphorical realm. Thus, he's defeated in the game realm. An uh, incredible sh- bit where... Uh, Yami Bakura sees normal Bakura and is like, oh, you motherfucker, I will purge your soul with the Millennium Ring, throws open his shirt to shoot a fucking laser (laughs) from the Millennium Ring into Bakura, who just screams, and then all of the gang shows up and, like, put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and be like, no, you won't get blasted by this beam. And then he doesn't. He doesn't get blasted by the beam. We even have ancient Egyptian laser beams in this three-parter. Oh, fuck. You want uh, to gnarly, fu- gnarly how the millennium... By the way, gnarly, like, body horror thing of the millennium ring, like, fusing itself into Bakura so he can't take it off. <laughs> yeah. That part's gross. Until he's defeated and then it, the, the strap breaks and it falls out. Uh-huh. Um, fun fact about the home release of this episode... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The seventh VHS contains episodes twenty-four to twenty-seven, mm-hmm. which is the final episode about Kaiba and this whole <laughs> arc. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, poor Kaiba! Imagine getting jobbed by Yami Bakura. Damn, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, they defeat it. Oh, Anzu is the one who lands the killing blow. She has, like, a super big bang attack. The final big bang. Final big bang. Uh, Does Honda do anything? (laughs) He shoots shoots through, straight through the the guy a couple times. Okay, he's contributing DPS, but he doesn't get, like, a moment. Even Miho gets a moment. I mean, he gets... Honda gets a freeze frame. Yeah, Miho gets to use her, like, fairy magic to, to stop, you know, save them from a trap. Um, and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> Honda just shoots a few times. Honda and Anzu and Jonochi each get a freeze frame attack. It's like a mm-hmm. painting. But Anzu, but uh, Miho and Yugi don't. Miho doesn't fight, um... Because right. there's a bit in there where she, like, chose the merchant class because she wanted to make a bunch of money... And then Jonochi was like, oh, don't think about making money so much you even do it in video games. And I'm like, I guess Miho has said a few times she wants to marry a rich guy, but I don't think of her as like, I don't remember her being like the money obsessed character. Not not money, but like, she's always the one talking about wanting nice things, I guess. I feel like that's not, yeah. I feel like it's a weird way to translate that, you know? Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be the rogue. Yeah. And then like, she would, she's like... She's the rogue and she just steals things all the time. She steals things all the time and then doesn't know that she has a backstab move until the last minute. And she accidentally <laughs> does a backstab and wins for them. Like, that seems See, like a clear... Yeah, we, we'd write Yu-Gi-Oh! better than you <laughs> Fuck you, Takahashi. Bitch. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Speaking of Takahashi, on the horny meter... This episode's like, it's it's rating, you know? It's mm-hmm. not the horniest Yu-Gi-Oh has been, but they do all get TF'd into dolls. I guess so. I don't think of that as the same thing, though. That's horny. Getting 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 your soul transferred into a little toy is fucking horny. Don't even start with me. I guess I'll defer to you on this one. Now, I take issue with you saying it like that, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> Uh, um, Olivia. Mm-hmm. We got some emails. We got some emails. Well, I want to do, I want to do a wrap-up first. Okay. Okay. Of, like, you know, because, so, you know, they defeat, uh, they defeat Yami Bakura, real Bakura's back, there's a little epilogue where they're, you know, all at school, hanging out, and Bakura brings in a diorama where he's put everybody's figures and made a little additional figure for Yami Yugi. And they're all, you know, doing a high five. And it's like, yeah, this is our friendship diorama. Because the power... They go really hard on the power of friendship. Oh, yeah. this one. 
uh, and the power of friendship saves the day. And that's Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, how do you feel about Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, it usually wasn't very good. No. <laughs> I. It really feels to me like... You know, they had a good idea, but they had one good idea, you know? Yeah. Often, it's like... Often, it feels like they have this cool setup where, you know, Yugi is this wimpy kid, but he has an alter ego that's, like, cool and uses games to punish people who screw Mm -hmm. around, and... Then they just never... Very rarely did they, like, find a cool game to play, or, like, a cool bad guy for... Yami Yugi to fight or like mm-hmm. something interesting for any of the other characters to do you know um I think it's really telling that like when we get to dual monsters we're just gonna do a bunch of these things again with the framework of dual monsters to hold it together yeah like we're gonna get the first Kaiba arc um we're gonna get shades of even the Kaiba land stuff we're gonna get uh Yami Bakura um we're gonna get like the we're gonna get shoddy, we're gonna get this ancient Egyptian stuff, like pretty much everything here that's like salvageable is gonna just get taken out wholesale and put into dual monsters. Yeah. Really... It, like if they had had a tighter focus on what kind of games they were gonna play, mm-hmm. the show would have been way better. If they had been like, okay, we're gonna do like fucking Rummy Cube this week <laughs> or some shit. Like, there's plenty of games out there. There's so many I games. Think, I think it would have been fun if, like, you could do, like, a few games and then they kind of escalate throughout the series. Like, in the early episodes, Yugi plays a game and just, like, owns a guy with a really simple trap in it. Yeah. And then it's, like, the second time he plays the game, oh, this guy can, like, figure out the trap, but he didn't figure out Yugi's second trap, you know? Like, there's there's not a lot of depth to things. There were a ton of resolutions that just felt like, okay, then Yugi figured something out and he won. Is it satisfying? No. No. Like, um, the, the one that still makes me go, like, okay, the most is when he's doing, like... What's the one with the girl who has the flower? And he's like, oh, but I was using the flower in your hair because you were holding a bouquet <laughs> of flowers but also had one in your hair. And it's like, all right, genius. Yeah. This this seems like debatably not in the spirit of the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and like there's so many games you could do. You could do sports. Mm-hmm. Sports or games. You could do board games, card games, video games, tabletop games. There's so many things you could do and so many of the games end up being like weird little contests. Mhm. No. Uh, that don't really work um in like mm. i don't know just let you play chess you get yeah. like four episodes out of chess honestly and the chess pieces are all his friends yeah then there's yeah harry potter yeah exactly i was also thinking about harry potter <laughs> after i said that <laughs> yeah like chess yeah you could just I don't know why they don't want to choose, they never, they so rarely want to choose, like, actual games that exist. Um, they just kind of make up things that, you know. Uh, it almost feels like the writers just don't know enough about games, or, like, aren't thinking of enough games quickly enough to fit the, <laughs> the like, production schedule of making a, a new episode every week. I'm thinking of the, but it's adapting a manga, though, right? I guess so. It's all going to be manga chapters. I was just laughing to myself thinking about the Yu-Gi-Oh! Tic-Tac-Toe episode. (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) And then he tricks them by, like, making them start a fight so that they're holding fists so that it's rock. And he's like, aha! You were going to punch me when the timer went off. That means you hit rock. Lord. But yeah. And then there's, like... All the stuff with the women in this fucking show. Mm-hmm. Just like Yu-Gi-Oh's gonna Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters is gonna have like normal cartoon misogyny. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of like cartoon misogyny in this one that just it feels nasty. 
Yeah. Like how with every single woman, it's like... There's a fortune teller episode. Yeah, every single woman is like, how fucking dare you be pretty, you bitch, you horrid woman. We have to destroy your entire soul for the crime of wanting to be hot. Yeah. Like, what? what is happening there? Yeah. Well, now we'll just have things like my Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> Again, normal cartoon <laughs> misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where you know, sure they won't do things, but less things will happen to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mostly, mostly Taya is just gonna be there, going like, "Yeah, Yugi, kick his ass." Yeah, Yugi, kick his ass. Uh, she's gonna get mind controlled like three times, but it's fine. My Valentine's also gonna get mind controlled. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any other Yu-Gi-Oh thoughts before we <clears throat> answer our questions? I'm gonna miss the OP. Yeah, it's a good song. But but we're gonna get your move. Yeah, that's true. Is it your move all the way through, or do they change it? I forget. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they they keep it all the way. Through. Maybe they put new footage on it, but yeah, that it's would gonna, make sense. I think it's gonna be your move the whole time. Because uh, don't fuck with the classics. Rock the dragon. Yuki. The first we have to watch a movie, a whole movie that's less. That's shorter than this arc. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it was going to be, like, feature length. So, enjoy that. We'll have a new OC who's, like, the audience insert meeting Yugi. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy who has the red-eyes black dragon before Joey, which is really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> they just introduced red-eyes black dragon for a totally different kid. I don't know when we'll be watching Pyramid of Light, but um, I assume pretty pretty soon into uh, into Duel Monsters. Really? I would, I would assume it's like after season one, but I don't actually. Well, now know. I gotta do some googling. Yu Gi Oh and Yu Gi Oh Pyramid of Light. Vamp Vamp Nora. Pyramid of Light is a pyramid made of squares that are not squares; they're triangles. You put four of them down, you got a pyramid, but this one's got five of them. But so only Yu-Gi-Oh! Four, only four <laughs> triangles and one square, and that makes a pyramid, and it's just like the pyramids in Egypt, which had four so triangle sides and one square side on the bottom linking the four Nora, please. triangle sides. Yeah? So Yu-Gi-Oh! Dua Monsters... <clears throat> I'm just looking at Wikipedia, right? So yeah. maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Apparently, the original run is from April 18th, 2000 to September 29th, 2004. And according to the um, the uh, bleh, the Wikipedia page for the movie, the movie is released in August of 2004. So, like, huh. just as the show is ending. Which is interesting. Because, like... <clears throat> it says it takes place between the third and fourth seasons. Okay. Well, yeah, cause that's probably when they started making it. Yeah. So none of the, like, last season stuff would necessarily would not be in there. Yeah. Huh. So I guess we'll just watch it at the end, though. It's just gonna be Pyramid of Light to tie off the whole fucking show. Wait, then can we watch Bonds Beyond Time? Yeah, we'll have to watch Bonds Beyond Time and also the new one. Fuck the new one. There's a new one. I haven't even seen the new one. <laughs> I've only seen a post comparing it to uh, a comparing it to uh, Marvel Civil War because it came out in the same year, and it's like oh. um, like my favorite. It's like my yeah. It's like my favorite movie of the year is a comic book adaptation of the story about a uh, a rich tech a rich tech billionaire and a boy from nowhere who receives mystery who receives like powers that let him uh that let him fight despite his scrawny size. That's right. And then it's a picture for the new Yu Gi Oh movie. Damn. Hey, you want to know who's in this new this new Yu Gi Oh movie? 
Who's in the new Yu-Gi-Oh movie? Ryo Bakura. Alright. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. He's a Yu-Gi-Oh character. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, they got this nuts voice actor for it. Like, okay. You didn't tell me Tristan's in it too? Uh, Tristan is in it. And Yugi is voiced by Dan Green. Oh, so the guy. Yeah. The guy who does the <laughs> Yugi voice. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's answer some questions. All right. Our first email comes in from Danny, who asks, uh, Glad to have you back in the new year. I continue to enjoy learning about Yu-Gi-Oh! solely from listening to this podcast. I know you asked for Bakura questions, but I was saving those for the eventual War in Our Stars episode. So my question is, what was your favorite difference between Season 0 and Season 1 that you wished got carried over into the later series? Danny, why were you why were you gonna ask Bakura questions on War in Our Stars? Because of the book, The Truce at Bakura. Oh, Danny's <laughs> got jokes. <laughs> okay, so maybe just to be clear, we should be using the Japanese pronunciation and just say Bakura. Bakura. It oh, me, it oh, still it's fucks me up. He does not use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, he does not use the bathroom. It's important to remember. You know what I wish? I, I've said this before. I wish they kept Miho. Yeah. Like, Yugi should have two friends who are girls. It's weird when it's just, like, Taya doing fucking nothing. I feel like Taya should have a friend. Yeah. Keep, keep Miho. Miho. Keep Miho. What did Miho ever do? Get rid of, get rid of Tristan. Tristan doesn't do fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> you need Tristan to be in the, like... BDSM soldier gear later. Just put me on the BDSM soldier gear. Okay. All right. <clears throat> what's your what's what what thing do you wish they would carry over from season zero? Uh. Yugi. <laughs> Please explain some more. <laughs> Yugi, the main guy. He's in he's in Duel Monsters. Oh, sick. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have one more email. Mm-hmm. Juo says, Hello, Duels. If Peter Falk had to play the role of one Yu-Gi-Oh character, which one would you choose? <sighs> and how mm-hmm. would it... How would the visit of one Detective Columbo to Domino City play out? So I want Yugi, I want Yami Yugi and Columbo to team up. Okay. <laughs> like, I want there to be some kind of, like, game-playing uh, murder mystery happening. Okay, okay. It's, he's like an adjudicator for Duel Monsters tournaments. <laughs> he's like Columbo? a judge. Yeah. Columbo? Columbo is, or Peter Falk's character, whoever that may be, <laughs> um, is like a judge at for like the Duel Monsters tournament, and they're like investigating some cheating. Mm-hmm. I think Peter. Okay, here's the thing. I think Peter Falk would play a good like bumbling but still evil villain for Yugi mm-hmm. to fight. You know, mm-hmm. like in the low stakes episode, it's just <clears> kind of like. Yugi's not gonna kill this guy, he just needs to be, like, taught a lesson because he's doing some mischief, you know? And then on the other hand, I think Columbo would be a great arch-villain, just with, like, all the Columbo mannerisms of, like, pretending to be an idiot but secretly understanding things. <laughs> I think they would have a great time squaring off, actually. I think, without, you know, avoiding saying too much more, I think that Peter Falk Columbo type guy would make for a good like Persona 4 villain. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Um, I, thus, think, I think you should replace my Valentine with Columbo. Okay. I got these harpy cards. My wife, she loves them. She can't get enough of the harpies. <laughs> All the cards in my wife's deck, they, it's nothing but women. I try not to think too odd about it. <laughs> no, no, Mr. Kaiba. One, one more thing, Mr. Kaiba. 
I, now, I'm not the greatest at dual monsters. I don't know all the rules, but uh, did you just summon a bunch of monsters in one turn? Yeah, so? <laughs> Alright, I'm done with this. <laughs> Thus ends our emails for Yu-Gi-Oh! 1998. Yeah. Next episode, we will be watching Yu-Gi-Oh! 1999? The movie? I hope the movie came out in a different year. Let me just... Fuck, I put it in my watch. It's 1999. Hell yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! 1999, baby. And then we will be watching Yu-Gi-Oh! 1999. 2000? 1911. No, Yu-Gi-Oh! 2000. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yu-Gi-Oh! 2000. Yu-Gi-Oh! Two. That's what they should have called brains. It should be said in like the year two thousand, but with like a nineties idea of what the year two thousand will be like. Oh shit! They're starting a new Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh fuck! Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. It's. It's okay. Here's a here's a fun. Sentence. It is the seventh spin-off anime series in the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise, following Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! rules so fucking much. Eh? Eh? Well, of course it makes sense because Sevens is the seventh show, but the sixth spin-off, obviously. Yeah. But uh So we have Yui Odo and Yuamu Odo are elementary school twins living in Mutsuba Town who are in charge of the Alien Extermination Company, ATC Alien Trouble Consultancy. Sorry, been... what? <laughs> <laughs> Yuhi Odo and Yuamu Odo are elementary school twins living in Mutsuba Town who are in charge of the Alien Extermination Company, ATC, or Alien Trouble Consultancy. Okay. They, they spend their days working really hard searching for aliens using a mysterious device created by Yui that is until one fateful day. Right after they created a mystery school club, they finally found a real spaceship. And inside of it, they made contact with Udius. An alien from the distant Valgir star cluster. Udius has come to Earth after he and his comrades were chased from his native star cluster seeking a way to a new future, which Rush Duel seems like it might offer a means to do so, but knows nothing about it. Yuhi challenges the newbie Udius to a Rush Duel in order to give him a helping hand. This is first contact between elementary school students and aliens via Rush Duel. Now it's time to enter the new stage of Rush Duel, introduced by this alien soldier from the far ends of the galaxy. Let's go! Go Rush! Okay, so, do you, Did we talk about Rush Duels? No? It's like a new format <gasps> of Yu-Gi-Oh! rules that they made up. Um, oh, right! For like, a, for, like, a different kid's show. Uh, because the Yu-Gi-Oh! rules suck ass, so they made up a new one. Uh, holy shit, Nora? Nora. Yeah. The poster for Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. Oh, I only have the logo. Let me see. Maybe this won't hit for you. Uh, but that's the fucking Enterprise. <laughs> that's the Enterprise! <laughs> that's the fucking Enterprise! You can't do this! That's the USS Enterprise. <laughs> that's like the dark-sided USS Enterprise. You can't do this. But it's also a dragon. Yeah. Presumably. No, I mean, here, I'll show you a picture. Oh, fuck, does it turn into a dragon? It turns into a dragon. Definitely Holy. turns into a dragon. Holy shit. Holy turns shit. into a dragon. Alright, well, you know, I wish them luck. I wish these two elementary school kids luck in uh, exterminating aliens. Would you like Can to see we... a picture of them? I, yeah, they're on They're on both of these posters, Nora. Oh, well, I'm just going to send you this picture of them doing cool, like, common poses. <clears throat> common just means mask in Japanese. Okay, well, if I said writer poses, nobody would know what the fuck I meant. Are you kidding me? <laughs> People people will know what you mean if you say writer poses. Okay. Write into the comment. Leave a video saying on the podcast whether which one is more legible. No one would fucking say common poses. 
Whatever. I said it on another podcast this morning. Shut up. <laughs> Absolutely love uh, this uh, this like random link I found in uh, Google Image Search for the organization from Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Let's fucking go. It seems like Yu-Gi-Oh! has like made a demographic shift. Yeah. You know? Where they're like, alright. It used to be like... I mean, maybe it's the same. It's like a demographic shift for like the characters, you know? Because it's not like the Yu-Gi-Oh! shows were ever like not for uh, elementary schoolers, but the characters used to be high schoolers. Yeah. It used to be about cool high schoolers, and now you're looking at cool elementary schoolers, and I don't know what that means in a grander sense, but I've certainly noticed it. Yeah, I mean, it feels almost like... And maybe I'm just boss babying, but it does feel like they're doing this right after, right after, like a couple years after Pokemon did this. Mm. And changed Ash's look to be smaller. Yeah, I think there's been a thing of more like, I feel like kids shows are more like precisely targeted now. Mm -hmm. You know, where they try to have like kids the age of the target demographic. I feel like... I feel like when I was a kid, all of the cartoons I liked were about teens doing cool shit in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. aspirational in that way of like, oh, that's cool as hell. When I get to high school, I'm going to be a Power Ranger. But like, now... Danny Phantom, he was just 14. He was just 14. And his parents built a very strange machine. What was it designed to do? I'm not going to go through this whole thing with you. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just, I feel like this is like a trend in kids' media. Um, yeah. I don't really know what it means. Maybe it's it just means... kind of how everything is hyper-targeted these days, you know? It means we have another Yu-Gi-Oh! on the horizon. It's the death of the monoculture. If people wanted to tell us how right <laughs> I am on the podcast, where would they send the emails to? Uh, you would send to we are the email at gmail.com. What was that email again? Uh, we are the email at gmail.com. That's exactly right. We are the email at gmail.com. And if somebody wanted to follow you on the internet in, in the hopes of trapping your soul into a figurine, uh, where would they do that? We are the email at gmail.com. <laughs> And where can people find you online? <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at Great Grebe, uh, where you can find a link to the other podcasts that I do, like Novel Not New, which is a visual novels and narrative games podcast, um, and also Do Not Steal, which is a tabletop criticism and original character podcast. We are taking a break for January, and we're going to be back in February with sort of a retrospective on our first year and then we're gonna move into our second year just kind of doing new games making new characters it's gonna be fun you can find me on twitter at neither nor you find stuff i've done at norvlake.online you can support the show by going to exportaudio.io or patreon.com slash export audio give the podcast network some money give the podcast network some money and on other shows that we that i make i don't know that you're on any others on the network no, it's just this one. Uh, you'll get those other ones early, but not one this the, one. We don't do that. One of these days I'm going to come on Ars Arcanum and just be so fucking angry at Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go on the podcast being like, I'm so angry. But then like two hours in, I'm going to call him like a, I'm going to call him like a poor man's Marvel Studios MCU ass bitch <laughs> or something like that. He's like um, a one man MCU. He is. Except, yeah. Whatever. This is really, I really think, like with Homestuck, you can read the works of Brandon Sanderson as prefiguring, like, Marvel Studios and the breakdown of all culture. Um, I'm gonna still read them, though. Yeah. <laughs> and also, in the new year, you and I just might return to our patron-exclusive podcast. Oh, fuck, we gotta figure out what happened to Jay. Yeah, and Michael? Alex. 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 Dude, Slenderman Um, was in that guy's house. 
Yeah. It was fucking scary. It's fucked up. Um, and if you give $5 to the Patreon, you'll unlock access to Pop Town Funk. I almost said Funk Town Pop. It's Pop Town Funk. Where we roll on a list of Funkos, Funko Pop figures, and then we watch shit associated with that. This resulted in us watching Death Kappa, which is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, next up, we'll be watching an episode of Supernatural that is all about, or like, filmed, possibly filmed from the perspective of the car, because we rolled the car from Supernatural as a Funko Pop. Um, it's like season 11, episode 4, I think. Of Supernatural. So we're jumping ahead into that. We were going to just watch the pilot. And then we found out that since we rolled the car. That there was like actually uh, an episode focused on the car. So we're also. Yeah. Yeah. That's the better choice for sure. You definitely should drop into season 11 of Supernatural. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? They're just going to go. Like the description just says they're going on a road trip to fight demons. Like I could get behind that. Yeah. No. Like this is sincerely the better choice. I don't want to watch the pilot of Supernatural. I want to watch season eleven, episode four. Yeah. This is like, I assume, this is like when the people making the show are like, okay, do we have any cool new ideas for our eleventh <laughs> season? All right. Uh, how about a road trip episode where it's all a dash cam? Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'll be fun. Who knows what we'll get next time. Mm-hmm. We might watch uh, uh, Snow White. We might watch Rick and Morty. We might... <laughs> you know, great trepidation. It could be anything. It could be Alien. It could be Judge Dredd. It could be Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Goku. Is a Funko. Anyway, that's five dollars. I think it's listen to five dollars. I think it's a great podcast. But we've come to the end of our time with this show. Yeah, this is the end of Yu-Gi-Oh. This is the end of Yu-Gi-Oh. Join us next time for the movie as we close out the the entire end of you. Join us for the beginning and end of Yu-Gi-Oh! And then the week after, and then the episode after for the beginning of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, exactly. Um, But until then, get off our decks. Get off our decks! The Santa Claus is coming!